Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Rory Glynn has supported Independent Tech News directly for five years. Be like Rory. Why wouldn't you? Become a DTNS member right now at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, May 6, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chan. Microsoft Build in full effect. We got Google I.O. coming tomorrow. Lots of things to talk about. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Ahead of I.O., Google announced a new version of Android Auto. That's before its I.O. developer conference, which does start tomorrow, as Tom mentioned, including a more dynamic, persistent navigation bar at the bottom of the user interface and allowing some apps to take control over a section of the navigation bar for more granular control without requiring the driver to switch to the full app in question. On May 3rd, Mozilla discovered that an expired intermediate signing certificate was causing Firefox extensions, themes, search engines, and language packs to stop working on Android and desktop versions of the browser. Mozilla published a workaround for developer and nightly builds of Firefox later on the 3rd with a hot flick, hot flicks, uh, hot fix rolling out. <laughs> they had no time for hot flicks. They were busy working on this hot fix rolling out to all desktop users on the 4th. The fix requires the most recent version of Firefox to be effective. So users of older versions still do not have access to extensions. So get yourself up to date. Let's talk a little bit more about Mark Gurman who always knows what Apple's up to. (laughs) Let's talk about Mark Gurman, my friend and yours. Sources tell Bloomberg's Mark Gurman that Apple plans to announce at WWDC the App Store coming to Apple Watch, along with a calculator and a books app for audiobooks. Apple will also reportedly let developers bring iPad apps over to macOS, with Apple itself bringing over the podcast app, screen time, effects, and stickers for messages, and a merged Find My Phone and Find My Friends app. We've talked about that before in the past. iOS 13 will reportedly get a dark mode, a revamped health app with hearing, health, and menstrual cycle tracking options, an updated reminders app, and a new and new features for screen time, which lets parents set time limits on specific contacts for children. Apple's supposedly also considering showing off a new Mac Pro and an HDR monitor at WWDC as well. So it so, might be kind of a big show. Yeah, we should have said spoiler alert. 
uh, here's all the stuff at WWDC because German is pretty good at this stuff. I think yeah. the most interesting to keep an eye on, and, and I will be watching at WWDC, is the watch stuff. Uh, I didn't mean to say I would be watching the watch stuff, but that's funny. Uh, the, <laughs> the idea that I will have an app store, kind of like the way Android Wear works, uh, Wear OS works, so that I could just use a watch and not worry about having to manage it from a phone. Uh, the more independent smartwatches get, the better, I think. You know, one of the one of the funny things is uh, the find my phone, find my iPhone and and find my friends merging idea. And and we we have talked about this in the past. Find my iPhone is something that I I have definitely used in emergency situations where I was like, where is this phone? You know, like I just mm-hmm. don't know where it is. You know, is it in my couch or did I leave it somewhere and, you know, how how can I get it back? Find my friends used to be sort of this fun thing that I used with a handful of friends that I liked and trusted. And we've all kind of waned. I mean, I haven't opened that app in a really long time, even though I'm sure there's a few people on it. So I'd love to know what Apple is planning to do to kind of, I don't know. Um, I assume that it, it wants more engagement, and that would be the reason to 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 blend the two, or just or just be able to tout these features in their ads and stuff like that. Uh, uh, la- la- last time I used Find My Friend uh, was when we both worked on Tech News Today, and I would use it to see how far out you were on the commute. Right, and I don't think we're. I don't even think we're fi- on Find My Friends with each other anymore. Probably not. For, yeah, for I no reason. Like you, yeah. you. I mean, you basically just see me sitting at home right. most of the time but yeah it's it's uh it's it's uh it's a cool feature that i i i wish i knew how to use it better because for the most part well, it's kind of You'll have a reason. Uh, The Financial Times reports that the EU is preparing to open an antitrust investigation into Apple's App Store practices following a complaint from Spotify in March. We've talked about this before as well. Spotify particularly complains about being forced to share subscription revenue with Apple at that 30% to 15% rate. Investigators have already surveyed customers, rivals, and others with plans to launch a formal probe in the next few weeks. If somehow Apple were found to have acted unlawfully or against the regulations, the EU could fine Apple up to 10% of its global revenue. Uh, as we know from Google, these things take years. Uh, so this yeah. complaint will will take a while for the for the wheels to grind through. But uh, short version is, I think Apple's fine to take thirty percent, fifteen percent. What I don't think is okay is for Apple to forbid companies from using legal and secure payment processes inside their own apps that aren't Apple's. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Reuters reports that since April of 2018, Facebook has contracted with YPro Limited, that's in India, to manually review images and text posts from Facebook users to label them for things like subject, occasion, author, intention, and two other dimensions in order to understand how the types of things users post on its service are changing over time. The data includes both public and private posts. Now, YPro had about 260 people labeling a section of content a selection of content rather from the last five years now has about 30 people labeling posts from the previous month. Facebook says it has about 200 content labeling projects overall. Legal and privacy teams must sign up on all labeling efforts and an auditing system is used to check that privacy expectations are being followed by contracted companies. Facebook says labelers in Timisoara, Romania and Manila in the Philippines are both involved 
in the same project. Yeah, there's a little bit of frothing at the mouth about Facebook these days. We talk about that a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what all I get upset about here. There are a few couple of things, but the idea that Facebook is using my data to improve its own service it shouldn't be controversial. Uh, any company that I have given data to should be able to use it internally to improve its own service. Where Facebook falls down is people don't trust them to keep it internal, right? And we have proven situations where internal data did not stay internal. But if you took them at their word, which I know many of you won't, but if you did, uh, I think they're following all the best practices here. At least they say they are. Uh, they're, they're using private data, but they're only using it to label and improve models. And those models are meant to improve the services. And they're not sharing data with other companies that are advertising companies. What they're doing is sharing it with contract uh, companies. And it shouldn't be against the rules for a company to ha- hire a contractor to do something. It's just that contractor should follow the exact same privacy policies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think the big thing they fall down on here, Sarah, is that they don't make it clear that they do this and they don't give you a chance to opt out of it. No, th- th- that's exactly that's exactly the issue that that I have, and I know a lot of other people would share my sentiment, is that it's like, okay, Reuters is reporting this. Okay, I read the article. It nothing sounds too insane, but why is this not something that Facebook has said outright? Given that everybody is so, uh, we have so much PTSD about you know the the idea that Facebook has so many of these business dealings going on behind the scenes, and then it comes out later, and then they have to apologize. Yeah, and you know, Thrumwald in our chat room says so. Facebook can see the things you post on Facebook. Uh, and I, yeah, I think, I think where it gets odd is when you bring in contractor companies like this, like this company, YPRO, uh, and people go, well, oh, so now you're sharing it with third parties. It's like, well, no, uh, they, they're comp- large companies are going to have to hire other companies to do things like labeling from time to time. I mean, Google has an entire arm that's just temps and contractors that isn't actually Google. That's fine. There just need to be some controls on that. And you should let me know I'm doing it. And I think it would just be good practice to give me the chance, as I already said, to opt out. If you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. We got lots of news out of Microsoft Build. We're going to go through most of it here uh, and spend a little time on the things we think are of most interest in our daily lives, just as consumers and users of stuff. A few new features are coming to the Chromium-based version of Edge browser, three new privacy settings, unrestricted, balanced, and strict. And they all three affect tracking. Uh, unrestricted uh, just uh, blocks malicious trackers. Uh, otherwise, everything is fine. Uh, balanced blocks trackers from a site that you've never visited before. But once you start visiting a site, they figure, oh, you've got a uh, you've got a relationship with them. We'll let those trackers happen. And then strict just blocks all tracking altogether. Uh, that is not. That is not actually uh, blocking ads, but it could have the effect of blocking ads. Uh, and there's an IE mode that opens sites in the Edge tab, so you don't have to launch IE separately. Uh, it's a compatibility mode that runs the IE rendering engine within Edge. And that way, most of your workers in an enterprise who need to get to that one site that's optimized for IE on the intranet won't have to launch a separate browser and be taken out of the experience. It would just all happen inside Edge. Uh, A feature called Collections lets you collect text, images, and other info into a note that references back to the pages the info came from. So it's kind of like a copy-paste thing, but it's automatically including links and source material and citations. Almost like an Evernote type thing. Yeah, yeah, very much like an Evernote thing. The notes can be shared by email or exported into Word and Excel. 
Huh. All right. Well, um, privacy settings, they make a lot of sense to me. I like the collections uh, uh, feature, uh, at least in theory. Haven't used it. Yeah. Obviously, it was just, yeah, but but it's, you know, these sorts of things, I always find that it requires a lot of discipline on the user's part to also be organized, you know, because you can't just take Mm -hmm. a bunch of information and, you know, expect it to, you know, make a lot of sense later, but they can be very handy. And it's our first indication now that Microsoft is not having to work on the entire rendering engine because they're using Chromium. Uh, what kinds of features Microsoft might able to br- be able to bring to Edge to differentiate it from other Chromium-powered browsers like Opera, Chrome, etc.? What do you think? I mean, uh, of these of these announcements um, for somebody who's like, ah, I don't know, I use chrome or i use safari or you know or 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 firefox or or any of these other browsers i mean what what jumps out at you as as something that could uh make somebody jump over to to well we uh, only have these three it's a little early uh to say right uh but the uh the idea of having uh those nice privacy settings the idea of having the collections thing intrigues me uh i want to try it out myself uh, problem is it's within the Microsoft universe. If I could put that into anything, right. then I'd be using it for the show. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's it, maybe it's more for the people who are already in the ecosystem to say, oh, cool, my browser just got much better. Maybe, maybe at this point. Well, but but I expect to see more of these kinds of features coming from Microsoft. Microsoft Word Online will get a feature called Ideas. It uses machine learning to suggest concise rewrites and inclusive language. It will give you estimated reading times and decode company acronyms using your company's Microsoft Graph. It can also extract key points to help readers summarize what you sent them. Idea also will come with Word Designer, which helps style things like tables for you. These features are coming to Office Insiders in June and everybody else this autumn. Huh. <laughs> I mean, my first reaction is, okay, a machine is going to help me construct, I don't know. I mean, how far does this go beyond what I am using in Gmail right now, where it's trying to finish my sentences? I don't think it's often finishing. correctly. No, no, this is this is saying, hey, we just saw you finished a sentence. Uh, uh-huh. If you rewrite it this way, it will be more concise. Uh, you can avoid the passive voice, and that sentence that's 15 words long will be six words long, and it'll be clearer. Those are the kinds of things it's it's saying it will be able to do. Like an English teacher from yeah. high school all well, over Well, like again. an editor, just to have yeah, an editor. Because yeah, yeah. an English teacher is going to correct your grammar, and they already do that. Uh, I, I think of it as an editor who's like, great sentence, but if you wrote it this way, <laughs> it's actually clearer. And I think... This could this could actually improve communication if it works. That's my question. Does it actually work as well as I want? Exactly. It to? Yeah. If you're if you're you know if if it says I have a suggestion to make your sentence better and you say okay but your sentence was better uh, you know beforehand then you know that would be uh, something to think about. But again, you can reject it if you want to. Well, and cool. that's the thing. If you if you constantly are it's suggesting things and you're like no that's not better. Uh, then you'll stop using it. And also these sorts of things are subjective. So it may be that most people would agree that the suggestion is better, but the person gets all bent out of shape. Like, no, I meant to write it that way. That's what I wanted. And then they just stop using it. It's all kinds of weird stuff that could happen. 
Uh, Microsoft's My Analytics will start tracking the number of days instead of the amount of time that you don't check email or work on documents outside of work hours. Uh, this is part of an industry-wide effort. It's not just at Microsoft to provide tools to encourage downtime, to help you with that work-life balance. Uh, another new feature in My Analytics will let you set up focus time each week. And alert your coworkers that, hey, uh, during this time, don't set up a meeting. I'm trying to get things done. Knowing that they will not pay attention to that, there's also an AI plugin for Outlook that'll help reschedule your focus time if someone plops a meeting down in it anyway. Uh, <laughs> and also help you find time to focus on particular to-do items. Like if it sees you have a to-do item, it's like, oh, well, that usually takes you a half hour. Plug it in over here, et cetera. It's kind of cool. Good tools. It's Yeah, it's really cool. I I. I, you know, initially I was sort of like, eh, what's really the difference between days and, and cumulative time when it comes to this? But I think that for many of us, days is easier. It's, it, it's, it, it's an easier number to quantify. Um, and I also, I had a boss many years ago who was always like, you know, you give yourself one hour a day to check email. You don't just check email throughout the day because, you know, it, it, it it's a multitasky thing that's a you know it's a it's a whole big fallacy and whether or not he was right about it i think that what microsoft is doing is trying to kind of um expand on that idea and and help all of us who have a million things going on in our juggling and feel like we, you know, can never get to the end of it. Um, a little bit more structure. Well, and also to stop at five o'clock if, if you're in a nine to five job, right. To be able to yeah. say like, Oh no, I have a goal to not check my email after hours, not even just multiple times through the day, but multiple times all my waking hours, you know, trying to get people to stop doing that is, is a big push right now. Microsoft's AI assistant for coding IntelliCode is now generally available, supporting C-sharp and XAML in Visual Studio and Java, JavaScript, TypeScript, and Python in Visual Studio Code. IntelliCode was trained on thousands of GitHub projects that all had at least 100 stars, so it's supposed to be able to make smarter code completion suggestions and take current code context into account. This is similar to products like Kite, for Python, although Kite is only for Python. Microsoft announced the private view of Visual Studio Online based on the open source editor Visual Studio Code with support for IntelliCode built into the online version. Microsoft is pitching it as a way to make tweaks or review your pull request and such. Uh, it's not meant to be your main coding environment. It's sort of like, oh, I'm not at my desk. Uh, can I check in on something? And yes, Azure DevOps used to be called Visual Studio Online, but that's all in the past now. Uh, Azure DevOps is called Azure DevOps and Visual Studio Online now refers to this online uh, editor. Fluid Framework is a web-based developer platform for building more shared and interactive services and apps. It includes support for co-authoring on the web. Your content can be modular, so it can be used across apps. You can integrate Cortana to translate text, pull in content from the web, suggest edits and other tasks. If you're like, wait, I don't quite get what this is. One example they showed was a translation implementation. So if one person was typing in a collaborative uh, service every other viewer of the document could see what they were typing in a different live translation into their own language. Uh, another example was an editable table 
in Microsoft Teams so that you could pull a table out of an app, put it in Teams and still be able to edit it as if you were in the original app. Microsoft is making the Fluid framework available to developers and it'll be integrated into apps like Word, Microsoft Teams, Outlook and other products with the first SDK coming later this year. Seems like that is a very good tool. Um, You know, I'm not sure when I'm going to be using Fluid Framework, uh, but uh, as somebody who, I don't know, I collaborate with several people on a website regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you and Roger, but, you know, I'm thinking of uh, other instances as well where, yeah, I mean, that stuff has to be that has to be pretty seamless or we're, you know, we're, we're going to have an issue, but this is going, this is going beyond that. Uh, live translation into other languages, particularly very cool. Yeah. If, uh, if you're a developer out there and you're like, Hey, I know what I'm going to use fluid framework, uh, for send us an email feedback at yeah. technewshow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Microsoft launched a new command line app for windows called windows terminal, where you can access PowerShell and Windows Subsystem for Linux, a bunch of other other things. They had some updates for WSL as well. Has multiple tabs, tearaway windows, full Unicode support. Unicode support means emojis in your terminal. Yes, emojis at the command line in Windows mm. Terminal. Uh, also has GPU accelerated text rendering. That arrives mid-June. And Microsoft showed off Cortana's improved conversational skills and ability to understand context uh, one of the demonstrations focused on workers making meeting requests and such. Uh, so you could just say like, hey, do I have three o'clock open? And Cortana says, yes. Then you can say, schedule my meeting then without having to repeat three o'clock and all that stuff. Microsoft seems to think that businesses will one day want their own virtual assistant the way they have their own website. So now we kind of get an idea of what they're doing with Cortana. They're they're pitching it as not quite a white label service, but something that every enterprise could integrate in its own way rather than a replacement for your Amazon Echo or Google Home. Microsoft making its new conversational engine available to developers through the company's bot framework, and it will be integrated into Cortana as well. Yeah, you know, we've had a lot of conversations as of late about what's going on with Cortana and Microsoft seems to be, you know, are they, are they, you know, they thrown in the towel with this and, but, 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 but work is remaining. And the idea that it could be truly a framework for, let's say, Daily Tech News Show decides we want our own virtual assistant or our own uh, smart assistant. And, it's something that we could build on Cortana, but we could make our own, you know, and imagine if there were 150 of us employees or a thousand or, you know, and so on. How interesting that could be to use as the basis of something that works specifically for your organization. Yeah, I, I, I think Cortana is is now a product that you can add into your your suite the way you would, yeah. uh, you the the way you would add any kind of library to your website or any kind of you know if you buy some chat service and integrate it on your website uh, is one way to think of it. Uh, a few other miscellaneous items from Build Election Guard was pitched as a platform for handling voting data. Uh, it wouldn't replace the election platforms that exist. It would be a way to help audit them and make them more secure. Microsoft will open source the compiler and quantum simulators in Q Sharp, its quantum computer development kit. There's a new Azure-based platform built on the acquisition of Bonsai to help developers train models for autonomous robots. Uh, so Microsoft trying to make sure that it's getting in on the robot building wave. And IoT, mapping, databases, storage, and analytics all got updates across Azure services. Finally, 
A video at the end of the keynote showed Minecraft in augmented reality running on a phone. And the teaser says that more information is coming May 17th, which is, of course, the 10-year anniversary of Minecraft. Uh, So it sounds like we'll be getting a little more information then about some uh, AR Minecraft stuff from Microsoft. So slow day it built. Yeah, you know, just a quantum platform <laughs> yeah, and Visual yeah. Studio Online and some AI in pretty much every product they announced, plus a whole new browser, but otherwise nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I um sorry developers. Maybe, maybe next year. Maybe tomorrow Google I.O. will have at least one or two interesting announcements. Oh, I bet it will. By the way, we're kidding. We're kidding. My this is a great day of Microsoft Build stuff. Yeah. Just yes, in case absolutely. you don't get it. Yes. If you yes, don't hear I, it in our voices. A lot of yes. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> If you didn't if you didn't hear my facetiousness, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Uh, thanks, everybody, who participates in our subreddit. Build stories, Google I.O. stories, and all sorts of other stories get floated up to the top and helps us build our show. So you guys are the best. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. we got a group there, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. All right, let's move on to Chris Christensen our amateur traveler, who has some very good news, potentially for people who've ever had their luggage lost Mm. in flight or worry about it happening. I'm both. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. I saw an article in Travel Weekly that had good news about lost luggage, and that is that technology seems to be helping getting your luggage where it belongs. So the number of bags that get lost in over the last 10 years has averaged 5.7 bags per thousand passengers, which is an argument for using carry-on luggage. But we need to remember that that is with the number of passengers increasing. Just between 2016 and 2018, the number of airline passengers went up from 3.8 to 4.4 billion. And what they're finding is if they use technology to track the bags as they get transferred between aircraft, they can reduce the number of lost bags by as high as 66%. And so more technology is going in, which makes it more likely your bag will be on the baggage carousel. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. You know, that's one of the things I like about Flying Delta uh, is they always give me the little like, hey, your bag just came off the airplane and it's headed towards the carousel and this is Ooh, the yeah. carousel. That is a good one. Yeah. Yes. Ha- having had a very frustrating travel experience with United on Friday, mm. uh, I didn't have to check any luggage. So that that wasn't a concern. But uh, Delta sounds better and better every day. Yeah. I mean, I like them till they mess with me. But so far, they've been really good. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, they even uh, we flew up to San Jose on on Sunday, and they gave me you know because I'm in their status program, they gave me a little upgrade seat for free. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know, I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, I like the 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 tracking, the tagging of of the bags, and other airlines besides Delta are doing that as well. Let's check out the mailbag. Let's do it. Sean, the historian from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, says that yesterday he was visiting Lima, Peru. Uh, Sean says, I was reminded that even we friendly Canadians live in our own tech bubble. Walking along the street, I came across a massive lineup of people in orange t-shirts waiting patiently to get into a new store. It reminded me of the day that the iPhone 3G came out. This time, it was the grand opening of Xiaomi's first Mi store in Peru. I walked by the store three times over the course of the day, and the line was there all day long. People got free Mi store t-shirts and wristbands with their number to get into the store. Tech fandom looks quite different on this side of the equator. Thought I'd share this little tale from Lima. Love the show. P.S. 
thank you, Amateur Traveler, for your recent episode on Peru. Aww. So helpful. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Uh, and yeah. you know what? Sean's in Toronto. I'm going to be headed to Toronto July 5th uh, for uh, the Marshall McLuhan Variety Hour podcast little get-together. Uh, if you're a MMVH.ca fan, they've got the uh, details up there now. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe I'll see Sean up there. Uh, and very cool, very cool to get that on the scene report because yeah, I uh, don't think here in the U S for sure. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. Or maybe not in Canada either. Uh, the Xiaomi name really means what it does in areas of the world where it is yeah. one of the top selling brands. I mean, I know we always talk about how it's four, third, fourth, fifth in the all in the worldwide selling, but that's without being in every market in a big way, without even being in US or Europe in a big way. That's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sean. And uh, thanks, everybody, who supports us on Patreon. Uh, we just put up our monthly post that tells everybody uh, all the, the things that are coming up this month that we know about. Includes some thank yous to folks, uh, people for having their five-year anniversaries of Back in the Show get listed in there. We always list the January 23rd Club, which are the people who've been supporting us continuously since the day we launched the Patreon. Uh, so please, please, please uh, go uh, get yourself updated on that at patreon.com slash DTNS. If you've got feedback for us, our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also reading your Patreon messages too, so keep those coming as well. We're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Patrick Beja and Google I.O. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.